The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as up to $15,000 with just one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Welcome in to yet another episode of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the SGPN Fantasy channel on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. And, of course, find this show and all the other great shows on the SGPN Network, on the SGPN app, Ever you download your favorite shows, Justin Mark with me. Justin is excited. I am excited. The USFL is about to kick off in a couple months, but we finally have rosters. Justin, are I mean, come on, you cannot. You've spent so much time actually digging into the weeds of this stuff. You can't not be excited. Digging into the players as deep as I did just made me even more excited. I can't wait to see it start. Digging into the players, but not just that, man. You like full on went in research. Well, you built it. This is the little behind baseball. We did a we did a two day live reaction show in which it was the best produced show. I I gotta say, I'm gonna I'm gonna toot your horn because I know you won't do it yourself. It was the it was the best produced show out there. We had live interviews. We had slides, player slides. We were to the T, and it was because of the research of Justin Mark and the whole USFL team. And I, I got to tell you right now, I, I, I skimmed through some other programs. Great stuff that they were all, you know, any any coverage of the USFL is good coverage of the USFL. But I got to tell you, we had the best, and it was largely because of your hard work, my friend. So uh, kudos to you. I know you're a humble man. You won't take it, but take the damn compliment. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. So today, again, like I said in the earlier episodes, we're going to start covering USFL fantasy football. And now that there are actually players on the rosters, we get to start talking about actual names that are attached to these teams. We get to start thinking about what we're going to do as far as fantasy drafts are involved. In fact, uh, I am going to try and organize a way too early mock draft of uh, fantasy football this weekend. Uh, so if I can get enough people in the USFL chat to get together to do a way too early um, fantasy football draft for USFL, we're going to do it. Uh, I know you're down, right, Justin? Yeah, you know I'm there. <laughs> I know you're there with <laughs> bells on. So, uh, And you were part of the live stream too, so you got a chance to, to mix it up. Uh, what did you think of the whole production? It was so fast-paced, it was hard to collect any thoughts of uh, reflection, but it was a lot of fun. Um, there were a lot of surprise names that I, you know, we, I don't think anybody expected them. A lot of surprised 
positions that they went to, like Shea Patterson on number one overall. And it was just, it was a heck of a ride. It was a lot of fun. It was a heck of a ride. And it was crazy because the, I mean, somebody, somebody, little troll on Twitter was like, we knew the first round was going to go quickly because they said they already knew. I was like, shut up. But yeah, we did know it was going to go quickly, but I don't know that any of us were prepared for it to go that quickly. Cause that my friend was breakneck speed picks were coming in before we can even get to the fact that there was another pick before. So, um, it was chaotic. It was wild, but it was fun. And I would have it zero other ways, uh, that, that we're going to do. Okay. So we're going to break down the quarterback position for you today. Because why not? Start with the quarterback. Everybody else does. So, uh, quarterback position for the USFL today. We're going to talk about the eight that got drafted in round one. And then we'll talk about a couple of guys that got drafted uh, later on. And I think maybe even a couple of these got uh, didn't get drafted in a round. We're going to talk about eight quarterbacks. And then we're going to talk about another couple that could battle those starters to become starters themselves. Because there's a couple of interesting quarterback controversies that you can manage to get out of that round so uh let us put three minutes on the clock i gotta get accustomed to to this again i'm, I'm doing the nascar podcast there's no time limit but now i gotta get the clock going again so justin's got to help me out here all right three minutes whoa that's not it three minutes on the clock <laughs> i'm buttoning everything <laughs> let's start from the top shea patterson drafted 101 scratched a lot of heads michigan quarterback justin you did a lot of deep digging on this was there any case that you could make that would have put Shea Patterson as the first quarterback off the board with guys like Tom who out there we'll talk about later uh, and, and some of the other guys, but Shea Patterson goes first. What the hell do we make of this? Yeah, I, it was a surprise for sure. Um, but you know, he's a tough quarterback. That's everything I read on him said how tough he was. He can run the RPO really well. He's been in a pro style offense before um, out of college. You drew a lot of comparisons to Jeff Garcia. So, um, and that's a guy that had some success, you know, hit miss, but he had successes. Um, so I, you know, maybe they thought this is the tough guy. This is the grit we want, uh, standing behind our line. And, and that's the guy that they went out and got. Went out and got, but again, why, why would he be the guy over some, and again, we'll talk about him in three minutes, but you got Tom who's sitting right there. Why Shea Patterson? Yeah, um, it's it's got to be just a familiarity with the pro-style attack is my thought. Uh, he works through his progressions. Um, the reason he didn't get much success or a chance in the NFL, they thought he was too small. So, you know, maybe the Panthers are sitting there thinking, we're not worried about that. We want to give him the keys and see what he can do. Um, there were questions about the velocity on his passes too. But everywhere I read about him said, well, he makes up with that for toughness. So I guess that's just maybe the identity that they wanted to go to. I, I agree with you. It's confusing with Tamo there, why you don't take him. So he actually had more than a cup of coffee, I guess, with the Kansas City Chief. he, Chiefs, he was there. Uh, they, they signed him in, what, 2020? And he was with his former mission quarterback, it says here, Chad Henney, and former Old Miss teammate Jordan Tamu. So, you know, again, they were all backups to Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure you learn a little bit rubbing elbows with Mahomes. Uh, and then he later actually went on to sign with the BC Lions after uh, being selected by the Blues of the Spring League. So, again, the CFL was giving him looks. He did not stick with the, the Lions, but the Lions had Mike Riley. So, I'm sorry, Michael Riley. So, I, there was hardly, and, and Rourke. 
So I don't think that there was a way that Shea Patterson actually had a path into the Lions. And then with the Montreal Alouettes, that's a hard team to crack too because Vernon Adams was playing well. So I don't know that he would get a run there. Uh, so, you know, he didn't have room to stick on either BC or Montreal. Uh, and now here he is finding himself with the Michigan Panthers. So, I mean, again, as far as fantasy is concerned, this is not the first quarterback that I'm taking, right? Absolutely not. Um, the only thing I can think of just trying to make this logical is a lot of people at Michigan liked him. Now he's back with Michigan. Um, that's the only thing I can think of there. But, yeah, he's definitely not the first, probably not second or third fantasy quarterback either that I'm taking. No. I, in fact, if I have to wait and take one of the other backup quarterbacks and hope that that guy starts over Patterson, I think that's what I'm doing. Because this next guy on the board is the guy that I think most people who follow the spring brand of football and have seen him play in the AAF especially and the XFL. I'm sorry, just the XFL, not the AAF. I'm getting everybody screwed up today. <laughs> but the XFL especially uh, thought Jordan Tamu was going to be the the first overall pick of the the draft, and and rightfully so. I mean, obviously, like I said, with the Battle Hawks, we saw exactly what he's mobile. He's got a good arm. Um, for whatever reason, he couldn't necessarily stick in the NFL. And, and we talked about it a lot with these quarterbacks before and, and these players in general. You know, it's not that they're not pro-ready. It's just they're lacking that one thing, that one wow factor that can keep them in the NFL level. And, and that's really what a guy like Jordan Tamu is. You know, he, he's one of those guys that's bounced around on so many practice rosters, the, the Texans, uh, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Chiefs again, the Lions again, uh, the, the Commanders, the Panthers, and, you know, the Bandits now that he's... But, again, he's bounced around so many times. So, for a guy like Tom, who he's got an arm that people want. Unfortunately, there's other arms in front of him that are just that much better. This time, he gets to showcase his talents. So, make a case for Ta'amu and and what he brings to the table for your XFL... Or your... <laughs> USFL <laughs> fantasy team. Jesus Christ, these Springs Leagues. <laughs> yeah, it, you said it. He's got an excellent arm. He's got great arm talent. Um, he's got good driving velocity on the ball. He's dual threat. Um, can run the ball, pick you up yardage that way. Out of college, there was a lot of talk that he couldn't um, process the disguised blitzes. But I think that's true of a lot of these quarterbacks coming out of college. They're not used to seeing all the things that those defensive coordinators scheme up against them and and you start to scheme those things against the rookies you want to confuse them you want to fluster them into making mistakes um whether that's an issue now i don't think it is i think he's ready to roll he's ready to prove himself um and just rely on his arm and his legs and when you're talking a fantasy standpoint you got to take him right he's got the arm he's got the legs and i think he's going to step in there and lead that team any quarterback that can throw up 316 combined yards of offense and four total touchdowns against the undefeated Houston uh, Roughnecks in the league is definitely a quarterback you want. And yet still, I'm not sure that I'm taking him number one. I mean, yes, in a, in a league like the USFL, especially early on, you're going to need a quarterback that's going to be able to get out of the pocket because you got to believe those defenses are going to be coming at you full bore with not necessarily the offensive line gelling yet and you got to be mobile to get out of those situations, right? I mean, those defenses are going to pin their ears back and they're just going to come after you. So you you need to be mobile. And yes, Tom, who brings that to the table. 
a strong pocket passer is not going to succeed early in this league with all of the defenses um, knowing that routes have to still be learned, uh, blocking schemes still have to be perfected, right? I mean, these guys only got about a month and a half to learn an entire playbook. And as great as it is for most of these guys to be able to do that, doesn't always translate in every team. So uh, we're definitely going to see just how much he can translate into this league coming into the USFL. Uh, but again, I still don't know that I would take him as my first quarterback off the board because the next guy we're going to talk about, I will continue forever and a day to sing the praises of Brian Scott. Brian Scott, I have a soft spot for this guy, not because I actually did get to talk to him, and if you ever want to go uh, find my interview with him, go to the Alliance Football Podcast. I, I interviewed him after he won his championship with the Generals of the Spring League. Uh, but the fact that I picked this, the Generals as my team, he became the de facto guy that I liked because he was the quarterback of that team. They go on to win a championship. He comes onto my show. Uh, he is forever my guy. Uh, and that will be, if I ever get the 101 pick, he's my first guy. And if he falls to me in any round, he's my guy. He's a proven winner wherever he goes. That's the thing. Like, he even won a championship with the league that he was in uh what was the name of that league? I'm looking at it right now. But he he won the, the uh, Spring League Championship, and then he won another championship, like, just a couple days after that. So it felt like. Um, but he beat out Zach, Met Zach Mettenberger for the spot in the, in the Spring League. So, like I said, he's a proven winner everywhere he goes, and, and I have a feeling that, you know, he's going to do it here in the USFL. He's the only Spring League quarterback to throw for 1,000 yards. That's got to say for something. Yeah, and like you said, he's a proven winner. Um, the Spring League MVP comes from Occidental College, which who's heard of Occidental College? I hadn't, um, that's for sure, until Brian Scott. I guess he's putting them on the map, but um, I know we're talking quarterbacks here, but he's got two really tall wide receivers that I think are going to make it even easier for him. He's got a six foot five and a six foot four receiver, and I think, you know, they're going to move the ball. They get into that red zone. He's just going to be able to chuck it right over the cornerbacks' heads to them because there's not a lot of tall cornerbacks that were drafted, um, and I think that's really going to elevate his his level of play as well as his fantasy football value. I mean, you saw it right out of the gate, though. He was far away and above, and even some of those other quarterbacks that were out there, like a, a McLeod Buffalo Thompson, even on the spring league, he still had more in the tank. Than, than MBT, and MBT played for the Toronto Argonauts not so briefly before that. So this was a guy coming in with CFL experience, but yet Brian Scott proved, you know, he threw for 10 touchdowns in that season. I mean, he had great receivers, yes, but he was able to make plays and scramble out of the pocket enough to buy him some time because, again, we talked about not being able to come together with some of these offensive lines. It's, the Spring League is not just a, a league where um, – where guys are, are thrown together quickly, but there's also rotations because these guys are trying to get film. So the offensive lines don't always get a chance to gel. So your quarterback does have to make plays. And Brian Scott did exactly that. And you know, again, he won, he won the championship. He won the MVP. He's that good. Yeah. He's a competitor. You can see it in his play. You can see it everywhere he's been. And um, that's going to bring a lot of value to you as far as fantasy football goes. And as far as their team goes, you can expect to uh, definitely hear him on 
this. Uh, I was hoping he'd go to the Generals. Unfortunately, he did not. So uh, I will have to cheer for the. I I told him too, and because he shot me a, a, a he shot me a DM and was you know telling me about the draft and everything, and and I said you know look I I would have rather seen the five stars on your helmet, but you have at least one star there, so I I may still be able to cheer for you. But uh, every time except for against the Generals, I will cheer for my man Brian Scott, which leads us. To the next quarterback, Ben Holmes. That is the quarterback that uh, I, I suppose now he is dubbed the official quarterback of the SGPN, right? Because he is part of the uh, New Jersey Generals, uh, my Generals. And he had a great interview on our show. So talk a little bit about Ben Holmes. Tell us his fantasy value and, and why what we're looking at him. And where would you even take him in, in a fantasy draft? Yeah. Um- First off, if you guys get the chance to go back and watch that interview, it, even if you've never seen him play, you don't know him, it's going to make you want to be a fan. Super humble, um, a lot of drive there. Like he just, he was the complete part of what you would want while you're like talking with somebody. Um, but out of Tarleton State in college, he had 5,000 yards and 62 touchdowns. He also had a 500 yard rushing season in 2018. So he's not known for his scrambling ability, but he can scramble when he needs to. For me, he's right in the kind of those the middle of the pack there when you're looking at quarterbacks. You, you know, um, talked about Scott, we talked about Tamo, and then then Ben Holmes. I think starts coming into that conversation. Um, he can really sling the ball. He can move, like you said, like they're going to need to, especially early on. And and I think that makes him pretty valuable. Um, he's definitely a guy to watch. I think he's going to have some good luck. I, I'm excited for him I, I, because I'm a Generals fan, one. And two, uh, because, again, any, we talked about, you talked about being humble. And, and a lot of these guys, especially in these leagues, they are so down to earth and they are so excited to play. I know that every guy that we brought on the show was just, you could see the joy in their face about being on these teams. And with Ben Holmes, I mean, those numbers out of Tarleton State, it's Tarleton State. You know, I remember covering the FCS a couple of seasons ago, and, and, and I hadn't even really even heard of Tarleton State until I got digging in and, and the program. And I remember Ben Holmes was one of the names that I came across because um, when I was writing the article, uh, I, had to, I had to look back at past seasons, and I remember seeing Ben Holmes' name, and I remember seeing the numbers, and I was like, oh, man, this, dude, this dude's got something, right? 62 t- that's, that's That's a lot of touchdowns to throw for anybody, unless you're in technical. Sure. <laughs> so... You know, again, I, I'm excited for his possibilities, uh, but we're going to talk about his competitor later down the road. Would you take him as the starter or the guy we're going to talk about later on in the show? Yeah, it's, that's really tough because I'm also a big fan of the the backup that got drafted there. So um, I'm really on the fence. I think whoever wins the starting job, is going to give you fantasy football points. It's crazy to think that, but that that the name that that is his backup was a name that was being touted as a starter. So it's just a matter of where do you put your faith. Uh, but obviously, we here at the SGPN officially endorse Ben Holmes. Uh, I'll have to, as a Generals fan as well, and an SGPN employee, I'll walk the company line and uh, and we'll root for Ben Holmes. Uh, but where I mean, as far as we okay, as far as the first four that we've talked about, rank those for me quickly off the top of your head. 
Um, I would go to Tama first, um, Scott, Ben Holmes, and then Shea Patterson. Okay. I know you said Scott in there second because I'd kick you off the show if you didn't, but that's all right. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, this pick had some folks scratching their head, uh, and we're talking about Clayton Thorson, who came in fifth here on our list. But, yeah, I mean – Clayton Thorson, I remember when we were on the live stream and his name came across and Colby did a double take and probably spit out whatever drink was in his in his mouth. Nobody necessarily expected Thorson to go. And in fact, I had, it's funny because I, I had written the article about the DBs, right? And in my in my research, I found the connection to Clayton Thorson that I didn't even know I needed. Um, because I, I was researching Jojo Tillery, who I don't he didn't go at all, did he? Nope. I, it's travesty. USFL, you have failed us all. Um, but no, so JoJo Tillery in a pregame, uh, uh, in a preseason game with Tennessee, picked off Clayton Thorson when Clayton Thorson was playing for the Vikings. So I thought that was a pretty fun little tie-in there that I that I did. Nice. Yeah. So I said we need to, we need to get JoJo Tillery on here as the only guy who's picked off Thornton or Thorson in a preseason game. But uh, why was Thorson so appealing in the first round? You know, he's got four years of starting experience. So he, I think he's got that leadership and that um, that starting caliber quarterback you want. He displayed toughness at Northwestern. Uh, all the coaches said he had a really good football IQ. And then they said he was extremely competitive. Even though at Northwestern, he never really had a lot of talent around him. But he just kept competing. He kept putting up good numbers. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that it was maybe a surprise to us, but maybe not to the coaches. Um, where I looked everywhere, I, I Googled this guy, like you couldn't find a bad thing said about him by any coach. They all, they all really loved his work ethic. They liked his football IQ and how tough he was. He'll hang in the pocket and take a shot. If he thinks his receiver will get open at the last minute. And that's, that's what you want in a quarterback. Well, he spent some time on the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, <laughs> dude made his rounds through the, the NFC he East, did. didn't he? Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was this was what he was doing for a while. I, but you know, again, whenever you look at these guys, I'm not a talent scout. I'll never be a talent scout. Uh, so obviously, the coaches and the people that are up there have a lot more to say about uh, about what they see. And obviously, if they they draft professional quarterbacks, then they know what they're looking for. And Clayton Thorson is one. I mean, again, of the five that we talked about, he's definitely the last on my list there. Um, but obviously the gamblers see something in him. Well, and Sumlin, his, his offense that he ran at Texas A&M, uh, was more molded around a pocket passer. And that's exactly what you get in Thorson. He is a, he's a true pocket passer. Um, at Arizona, when he had the scrambling quarterback, he, he didn't play to those strengths very well, um, within his offense. So I think that's another thing that comes into effect that, Someone thought, hey, I want a guy that's just going to stand there, take the hits if he needs to, and not panic. He may very well take a lot of hits if he's <laughs> if he's going to be playing in this league. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of defensive backs that are all that have all these quarterbacks' numbers, or at least are going to want to have these quarterbacks' numbers, uh, and basically eat their lunch. So, uh, yeah. All right, five down, five to go. When we come back, we're going to break down uh, the remaining three 
if I can do math right. The remaining three that were taken in the first round. And then a couple of guys to be on the lookout for. If you want to really get sneaky and not take a quarterback in the first round, uh, one, it's your funeral. And two, we got a couple of options that could be starters by the end of the season. When we come back with more of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner is going to receive a reserve seating area as four seats at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament happening on March uh, March 17th and March 18th, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they're going to be rewarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any win bet patron that means you that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period is going to become eligible for the prize and you can take advantage of the offer right this second i'll wait there's no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive in the grand prize drawing so if you wager a thousand dollars on college basketball during the promotional period you're going to receive 40 entries Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Did you know that you're browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? So you were the watching the USFL draft on incognito mode. Your wife's going to find out. Don't worry about it. But that's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, and your ISP to other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands like mine. Even your physical location is going to be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners. With 30-day money-back guarantee, that's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world your stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGPN. Use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. There are never enough things to gamble on, and those of you who listen to this podcast know exactly that. So the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing, and the best part, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially for brand new to the sport. Go check out Stable Duel. It's a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stables, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Don't know anything about horses, horses, horse racing, horsers, don't worry about it. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. You get multiple games. They're offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app. Create your account. Start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and 
we can compare our stats. Download now, StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap. It's where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness literally around the corner. And PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance every season. Prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make the run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know, and all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. They got a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and, more importantly, a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And as always, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store, giving you easy access to all of our picks and our podcast. Toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Back with more here on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Rod Gomez, Justin Mark, breaking down USFL quarterbacks for fantasy purposes and just in general overall because... I mean, you know, you got to know a little bit about the quarterbacks to know what kind of fantasy value they're going to give you. And uh, like I said, Justin, that that first day was fast. It was furious. And it felt like the quarterback round just, I mean, it was literally rapid fire at that point. It was just, we're starting. Here's all eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just literally like, okay, here we go. And now, and now, and now. We couldn't even get the name out before the next one was coming up, so. Uh, all right. Overall impressions, though, of the quarterback class in that first round. I mean, what were you were you pleased? Was it scratching your head? Like, what did you think? Uh, a little A, little B. Um, I, I there were some that I was like, oh man, I, I was hoping he was going to go. I want to see him play. There were others. It was like, really? Uh, okay, let's let's. I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, and then as we saw in the twelfth round, when the other quarterbacks went, it was kind of like. All right, we might have some competitions here right away. Yeah, that's what me and Colby were thinking too. Like, as soon as a couple of these names popped off, we were like, ooh, do I smell a quarterback controversy happening already? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right, one of the uh, last starters, the Birmingham Stallions, Skip Holtz, took young Alex Mago. Magoo, Mago, Mago. I know it's Mago. It's late. Uh, anyways, Alex Mago. Uh, out of FIU, you know, one of these these smaller school guys, um, not necessarily all that tested, had some experience on practice squads with Seattle, Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle again, uh, but now he's a stallion. Uh, this one, again, in a, in, a, in a pool full of guys who I've seen before in spring leagues, this was not a name that was on my list. It was not a guy that was on my radar. Uh, but again, because you took a deeper dive, I'm pretty sure you saw this name flash across your screen. So tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. Mago and why why he was taken where he was taken by the Stallions. 
Yeah, you know, I was a little surprised that he was taken in the first round, though. Um, But if you kind of look at his history, especially at FIU, he's a four-year starter. Um, His first start his freshman year was on August 30th. Less than a month later, as a freshman, he threw an 85-yard touchdown and a 75-yard touchdown against UAB. Um, He's he's a baller. He's he's a great quarterback. He's got tons of confidence. Um, every clip I watched, I just I felt like I took away from it that he was just a confident quarterback. Sophomore season, he had 2,722 yards, 21 touchdowns, which um, were all school records. Um, he set se- season records for passing completion percentages. He got hurt his junior year, and then he was a little, little up and down his senior year, but not bad. But after those four years, he ended up uh, 65 touchdowns with a little over 60% completion. That's nothing to scoff at. Even at you know Florida International, nothing to scoff at. He he's a performer, and I think that's probably what they saw. That's they saw that uh, he could lead the team. They saw that he was confident, and they wanted to go out and get him. It, it, when you look at these guys, and a lot of these guys, especially when you're when you're seeing these names. They're signed and released, signed and released, signed and released. You know, they're signed to the practice squad, released by the practice squad, and then they did. It happened with Houston. It happened with Seattle twice. It ha- happened with Jacksonville, and a lot of times these guys are just brought in as camp arms. You know, they're they're brought in to to work out the receivers. They're they're brought in to uh, basically not put a heavy load on the starters and the backups, and they're there they're there to just throw passes. Basically, that's sure. why they're signed and re- and released. So. I mean, what I wonder what they learn in the process that that continues to to bring them up into these types of situations, and what can he use to translate that into his opportunity here at the USFL? Yeah, um, just that experience, and I think for a guy like him, from what I saw and what I took away from it is all that those reps and then getting cut. You know, some people get a little down and out about that. I don't think he would. He didn't look like a type of guy that's going to kick himself for it or, you know, put his head in the sand. He looks like a guy that he's just ready to keep competing. He's ready to prove himself and and just has that confidence. And just a quick sidebar, he will be throwing to a friend of the program, Peyton Ramsey from Tuskegee. Uh, we interviewed him, too. And um, so just have to give him a shout out because that, that was another interview that was just great to watch. Look, if you, yeah, I was going to say, go watch that Peyton Ramsey. That dude was so full of energy, so excited to be playing football, and so excited to be on the show with us. I mean, we did his very first interview ever. Like, that, that, that to me, I'll, you'll never be able to take that away from me. Like, dude, he, you know, I'm still giddy just thinking about it because we did his first interview Agreed. ever. We're going to be watching him play on whenever games are now. Uh, and, and we're going to be watching him play on TV, and, and that's going to be exciting. Uh, exciting. So Mago actually played in the Gasparilla Bowl. Any guy that does that, uh, I want to watch him play in in professional football. So uh, his uncle was a punter in the his NFL. Uncle was a punter in the punters matter. Kickers matter. Yep. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Uh, all right, move on to the next young man that got drafted. I believe this is the. Oh no, we got one more too in the in the final round. But uh, Kyle Loletta. He was a uh, young man that played in Richmond, spent some time with the Giants, the Eagles, the Falcons, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Browns again. Now he finds himself on the Maulers. Uh, I mean, again, another one of those kind of camp arm type guys. Uh, Although he did make a professional appearance in the NFL, 
in relief of Eli Manning. So the guys taking actual NFL snaps. Uh, they won. They won forty sixteen against the Washington football team commanders back in the day. Redskins. Can we even call them? I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyways, the Washington team threw five incompletions and threw an interception. So uh, it's a forgettable, a forgettable appearance for him. But nonetheless, he's taking live NFL reps. So uh, what are we looking at out of out of Kyle Oletta? And I mean, are we considering him? as, as a, a viable fantasy quarterback? I'm not just because I think Kirby Wilson is going to run the ball. He's a running back coach. Um, got a lot of experience as a running back coach years and years. And I think that's what they're going to focus on. Uh, Kyle Aletta was, he was really good at Richmond, 10,465 yards still holds the record. Um, not that they like have a lot of quarterbacks coming out of there, but quarterback you know, factory uh, Richmond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of experience playing shotgun pistol under center. He, um, everything I read from scouts said that he was comfortable throwing on the run. So I'm thinking if you have a running offense, you know, that sets up play action and roll the quarterback out to the right. Um, he can use his eyes to shift linebackers. I think he just really fits into the scheme that I envision Kirby Wilson having. I mean, course we have no idea what kind of offense he's going to run because he's only been a running back coach but um just the way i envision it i i think laletta landed in a good spot and he's he's just got that kind of skill set that's going to really fit there i don't think it's going to necessarily make him a viable fantasy option oh, good old pittsburgh maulers one number that jumps out at me well is the 73 touchdowns but here's the thing 73 touchdowns but he had 35 interceptions so you know that that's probably where the disconnect is, right? Seventy the ten thousand yards, phenomenal. Seventy three touchdowns, phenomenal. But he threw thirty five interceptions. You know, twenty eight touchdowns and twelve interceptions on his uh, on his last year as a, a Richmond in Richmond, and you know nineteen fifteen in his twenty fifteen season. Those are the type of mistakes that you can't make if you want to stick in the pros. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think he was on practice squad or active roster cuts, you know, just couldn't stick anywhere because of those mistakes. It's crazy that he didn't make a run in any other league either. I mean, a lot of these guys that you see obviously played a little CFL time uh, or, you know, a little bit of, of other times. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see what he what he does in the pros. Uh, so then we'll turn to the last gentleman that got picked in the in the well, I mean he wasn't the last pick, but he was our last that we're covering now in the first round, uh, and that's Kyle Slaughter. Which you know, God bless Colby, but the dude got crazy for Slaughter. I mean, he went absolutely nuts. Uh, I, and and to to be honest with you, I kind of blocked out what he was talking about at, at that point because he was going way fanboy on us. Uh, so he was talking about Slaughter Slaughter Ball or something like that. I don't know, Colby. Colby probably was jacked up on six hours worth of USFL content at that point. So, um, but you know, for, for slaughter, his, his litany reads us. So, uh, 2017 Denver Broncos, 2017 Vikings, Cardinals in 19 lions in 19 bears in 20. Oh my, the Raiders, the Vikings again. And now he's a new Orleans breaker. Uh, so I mean, Kyle slaughter, are, are we excited about his appearance in the USFL? Is this something that we're getting uh, pumped about? 
he really played that last season in Northern Colorado, 2016 season, right? 2,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, I don't know. What, what's to say about Kyle Slaughter? So he went to Northern Colorado um, as a quarterback. They tried to switch him to a tight end and then a wide receiver and then finally put him back as a quarterback. So um, that's a little strange kind of path and comes comes full circle. Um, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to Bears. When they bring all these guys into their 90-plus roster, I like to look them all up, watch as much film as I can, and then get really disappointed when they get cut. Uh, and as quarterback-hungry as we are, I, I remember being excited, like, okay, I can see why they brought him in. Um, his pro day, there were 45-mile-an-hour wins, but he didn't reschedule. He just said, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. And all the scouts crazy about how well he did it's surprising that that didn't stand for more when it came to the draft um he's got experience and pro system he's got an accurate arm and uh he's just he's a competitor he's another guy that you, you can't help but feel good for because he has had adversity through his football career and he just keeps going um keeps pushing on well he's gonna have to push on through a, a lot of adversity too and that's that's what's gonna really separate him from uh, the rest of these guys who are, I, I, to, in my opinion, they're just far more battle tested. It's, it's, it's like, it's like this. It's like the Trey Lance argument that that people make, and they say to me, "Yeah, Rod, he had amazing numbers uh, in his final year in, in FCS ball." And I said, "Well, not his final year, because his final year was COVID cut. But that one year, that one good year that he had in FCS ball." And and I say to them, "Yes, but that's FCS ball, like." He wasn't playing the the caliber of players that he's going to be meeting in the NFL every single week. So, and even if it's a guy like like this, where he didn't have the the same sort of pedigree that like a Jordan Tomu had, or you know, heaven forbid, even a Shea Patterson had, like these guys have seen uh, uh, CFL rosters and they've seen spring league rosters and they've been in XFL, AAF, um, you know, flag football, wherever they played. They got that kind of experience, but I don't see that um, out of Young Slaughter. Maybe maybe I'm not as hyped about him as, as Colby Dant is. Uh, but, you know, again, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll go out and be uh, an MVP, and I'm going to be sitting here looking like an idiot, like I often do. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let us continue on as we go to the round 12 guys now. Uh, these guys were drafted a little bit later in the round uh and actually some of them are probably going to cause some controversy uh and we'll talk about first deandre johnson from my new jersey generals who i thought was probably going to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board uh but was not and deandre johnson again i say that because he's got name recognition and and maybe just maybe they took a calculated risk thinking that he would still be on the board uh, after all the quarterbacks came off to come back around again. Uh, and so, I, like I said, I feel like this DeAndre Johnson pick is going to give uh, our, our old Ben Holmes a, a run for his money. But why did he last that long? Justin, what are you thinking as far as why he lasted that long in the draft? So it's interesting to think about where DeAndre Johnson exactly would be if he didn't have his off-field issues that he had at Florida State. He's supposed to take over for Jameis Winston. Um, he was 
highly talked about. Like, this is our guy. He, as soon as Winston's out, he's in. Had an off-field incident. Um, had to leave the team. Ended up, um, don't remember if it was Florida Internet International or Florida Atlantic. One of those didn't get started. Went to Texas Southern then and put up 1,900 yards, 10 touchdowns. You know, nothing crazy. But, you know, I have to imagine the development you're getting at Florida State is probably there's more focus than at Texas Southern. So um, I think those character issues, while they're probably hopefully not an issue today, I think that, you know, that always makes teams at any level a little hesitant. Um, and I think that's really what it was because the guy's got elite talent. He's a dual threat quarterback. He has a huge arm. and he can just sail those passes, just teardrop passes right to the wide receiver. Uh, when you watch his tape, he, his arm talent is extreme. So it, it does surprise me he didn't go in the first round. I expected him to. Um, I know when I was digging in and kind of sorting like, okay, where do I think these guys are going to go? I had him around fifth or sixth. And, you know, then he falls to the 12th round, which is second round for quarterbacks. Um, so then I think thing I can think of is that he didn't get a lot of exposure after his incident and then just you know that was a character flaw that they they threw on him that probably stuck even if it's not still there you know and if he still doesn't have those character flaws I remember watching him with the sea lions and I, I remember being impressed by him and and uh, really nervous again because he was a quarterback that I thought gave every team out there a run for their money um and and so again I was a generals fan uh, the second time around, and and Ryan Mallett basically was uh, was the quarterback by the end of that one. Uh, so I mean, again, I I was I was really nervous because DeAndre Johnson called his name a lot. He ran a lot. He threw a lot. He he did a lot on the field. And like I said, I I was impressed by his play. And I mean, I know we talk a lot about off field stuff being really deal breakers in a lot of cases, and nowadays even more so, right? I mean, one, one off-field incident and all of a sudden you're written off from the rest of the league. So uh, I, to me, I'm not going to weigh in on the how much of a rope do we give these folks to be human beings. That That's not what this is about. This is fantasy football. But if I'm a fantasy football guy and I don't want to take a quarterback in the first round and everybody takes quarterbacks, this is the guy I'm going with. Uh, I'm going to hope that he's sticking around for me uh, if I decide to take a, a running back, which, God, we're going to talk about some running backs in the coming episodes here, that is a, oh man, that is a, like I'm drooling just thinking about that room full of, of running backs that got going on and some <laughs> of the receivers. Sure. So um, yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Uh, all right, let's move on. Not Jordan Love, Josh Love. <laughs> Josh <Yep>. Love <laughs> gets drafted uh, by the Pittsburgh Maulers. And so he is going to be in Pittsburgh, which this is one again, where we, may sniff ourselves a little bit of a controversy uh and not really because um Kyle Lallette is not much of anything but these are two kind of relatively same type of guys in my opinion so this could be a, a quarterback battle early on um but you look at what he's done in the past he was with the Rams for the second a Panthers for the second um not a whole lot of of actual experience uh, but he was the the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Did play for San Jose State, which bleh, uh, as a as a Fresno State fan, I, I can't I can't get behind that. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that that's that's the guy. So there he is. Tell us why um, young Josh Love belongs in the USFL. 
Yeah, so he's a former walk-on and ended up starting. And so you, you got to think he's got that mentality of being an underdog, right? And I think that's going to be important because everybody basically is coming in square one here. Um, brand new team. There's There are sure we see the guys that were taken in the first round and we can say, well, that's the favorite to start. But once they get into that offense, we don't know if that's the case. Threw for 7,206 yards at San Jose State, 43 touchdowns. He's got a, all the scouts said that he had great footwork. Um, you know, when I watch quarterback, I don't, I can't necessarily pinpoint, oh yeah, look at his feet. He's doing awesome. But all the scouting I read on him said great footwork. He steps and he drives with his hips with great form. He's got a sudden release, crisp throw. Um, he's not afraid to take shots down the field. And everybody said he's extremely smart. Um, there was only two games his senior year that he was sacked more than once. Because once he's sacked, he knows, I'm not making that mistake again. Um, and that's what you want in a quarterback. You want somebody that can adapt on the field. They can use that football IQ to say, hey, I got to make sure I don't do that again. And to go out there and, and correct their mistakes. And I think that's what they get in Josh Love. I think he's really going to push Laletta. And he's got a chance to start. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of his game tape. And I think, you know, he could be. If he takes that first spot, I think he has more fantasy value as the starter than Laletta does as a starter. Yeah. I mean, so as a Fresno State fan, like I said, uh, I watched this guy complete 23 passes for 290 yards and a rushing touchdown as they beat Fresno State 17-16 to 16, uh, in 2019. I mean, again, he was a guy that I, I, I looked at and I was like, yeah, okay, he's good. I hate you, but you're good. Uh, and, and that's the thing about Mountain West, right? The, the quarterback play is, is, is solid, and the teams are solid. And so we saw a lot. We saw a lot of, of, of Mountain West guys get taken through this draft, sure. whether it was San Jose State, uh, um, or, or actually it was mainly San Jose State uh, that, that got taken. But, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of Mountain West guys coming off the board, and for good reason. So, uh, yeah, I mean... This is this could be by all rights and accounts a, a pretty decent battle over there uh, between Josh Love and Kyle Laletta uh, for the starting job. So yeah, I mean keep an eye on that in camp, and uh, maybe if you're if you're if you're froggy and and want an opportunity to to take a chance later down the down the rabbit hole, that might be your guy. So uh, all right, let us continue on now to. Uh, former number one overall pick in the NFL draft did not pan out, uh, obviously, for whatever reason. Uh, but Paxton Lynch gets drafted in the 12th round. <laughs> not somewhere where they thought he was going to go. Michigan Panthers take him. Uh, you know, and it's funny, Justin, because you you broke this to me even before. And I saw it, uh, I saw it on Twitter shortly after you broke it to me. But... Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders had him. They had claim to him. They, they, they brought him in. He was going to play. He was going to be a rough, a rough rider. And then they let him go just in time. You said with little eyeballs for the USFL yep. draft. And sure enough, Paxton Lynch, now a Michigan Panther, uh, Jeff Fisher gets to see what he can do with them. Uh, this is an interesting pick because again, you know, this is going to be a camp battle. I, I got to think that it's going to be a camp battle because you can't bring in a guy. that was a former number one overall pick and not have him compete for the starting job, especially with a guy like Shea Patterson. So um, what's the deal with Paxton Lynch? Why is he in the league? And will he be the starter for the Panthers over Shea Patterson? 
Yeah, uh, you know, the Broncos took him, and the Broncos haven't necessarily been churning out quarterback production. So that's kind of where his downhill slide started. But he's he's six foot seven. He's a super tall quarterback, looks over your offensive line, throws down to the wide receivers because they're shorter than him. Um, and, and, you know, and you think of a guy that's tall like that, sitting back in the, the pocket, not moving around much, but he's actually pretty quick for his size. Um, he's got some good foot quickness. He can scramble with the ball. Um, only sacked 15 times over 477 dropbacks in college. And if you just kind of look at the fact that, you know, drafted in the first round, fizzled out of the NFL, then was going to the CFL, you know, trying to still make it, he's probably playing with a chip on his shoulder. So he's probably going to come in, um, you would hope, super focused and ready to prove everybody wrong, ready to show like, hey, I can perform at a professional level. It didn't work out the first time, but I can do this. And I think that that kind of plays to his favor a lot. That chip on his shoulder has got to be even bigger when you think about it, too, because he didn't even get drafted as the starter. I mean, this is like, again, we said it. This is a guy who was supposed to be the heir apparent, like, you know, Denver Broncos had John Elway, and then they bring in Paxton Lynch, and everybody had high hopes for him. So, and then to not even get drafted in the first round as the first quarterback of a USFL team uh, has to be motivation for a guy like Paxton Lynch to come in and light it up. Um, but fantasy-wise, is there anything we could do about this? Is this just a handcuff backup to Shea Patterson if you're going to draft Shea Patterson? I mean, I think for now, that's how you got to play it. Um, I don't know how much info we'll get coming out um, about, you know, who they're looking at for the starter. Uh, we're just going to have to keep our eyes on that so we can adjust on the fly. But, yeah, for now, I think he's a handcuff, but I, I he's got a good shot. You, I think these guys are, even though he was the last quarterback taken in the USFL draft, I think this is an even playing field here. I think they're both going to come in and get a chance to show that they can be the starter. What a wild ride this is going to be. I, I cannot oh, wait. Yeah, I cannot wait to start putting some mock drafts together, uh, which, again, like I said, we'll be doing, and we'll probably be doing before the end of this week, uh, or at least the end of this month. So keep a, keep an ear open on this feed. Uh, cranking out episodes now that the USFL is going. I saved. I saved all my episodes for after the USF, USFL draft because I wanted to start talking USFL fantasy. Um as we wrap it up, Justin, is there any are there any names that just got left out there that that did not get picked up that that kind of surprised you that had you scratching your head thinking, uh, what are these scouts thinking? What are these coaches thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna throw out a homer pick here. I'm a Boise State fan, and I thought Montel Cozart was gonna go. Um, I, I saw that his name was involved with the USFL, so I thought for sure one of the rounds he would get picked. He's got a great arm. He's got elite speed with his legs. He's a true dual threat quarterback. So that one surprised me. I expected him to go. I'd even talked to him on Twitter a little bit. We DM'd and he was he was ready to come on the show. And I mean, he was excited and, and just a really nice guy. Of, of the people I talked to, he was the first one that was like, before he said anything back, he was like, hey man, how's it going? Like, oh, I'm good. How are you doing? You know, and, and <laughs> I was like, as a Boise State fan, it was like a little fanboy moment. It's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, man, we've hooked you into this world of uh, talking to, to players and talking about players. And uh, yeah, we brought you to the dark side, Justin. Welcome in. 
happy to be here. Uh, all right. Well, I tell you, if you want to know anything and everything about the USFL, uh, first of all, Justin is a great place to start. So follow him, and we'll we'll get tell you where to follow him on Twitter soon enough. But head over to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. Chock full. I mean, the content is going up by the second uh, as far as USFL is concerned. So we've got roster breakdowns. We've got full replays of the draft uh, if, events. So if you want to watch 10 hours of me and Colby and Justin and the crew breaking down USFL draft, uh, by all means, uh, don't binge watch your favorite show. Just sit down for 10 hours uh, of great USFL content. Don't move either. Uh, you don't want to miss a thing. I know there's a pause button, but don't use it. Uh, anyways, so all that stuff over up on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. Of course, you can download the SGPN app for all of the podcasts, like the USFL Gambling Podcast, like this one, uh, like my NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Uh, all that good stuff is out there. And yeah, the Mothership Show's out there too. You can listen to uh, Sean and Ryan do whatever they do. I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> they pay the bills, but uh, we, we entertain the crowd. So uh, anyways, yeah, Justin, let everybody know where they can find you on social media uh, and, and where they can follow all of your outstanding, I gotta say, Justin, I, I, I'm, again, I'll pat your back because you earn it every second of every day. Uh, you're one of the hardest workers here at the SGP. You do everything and anything and, uh, and you keep us honest. So f- tell everybody where they can find your hard work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, download the SGPN app. Uh, everything's there. And you can find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. I switched it up a little bit. It was Mark7j. I thought, we need something easier. Got a easier game, so jmarkfootball. Uh, damn, you're, you're breaking up. Do the jmarkfootball thing again. All right. Uh, follow me at jmarkfootball. Uh, switched it up, made it a little easier. So just jmarkfootball. J Mark football. I know that number was throwing me off. I didn't remember what it was every day. So, uh, again, thank you everybody for listening to the SGP and fantasy football podcast, USFL version. I, I know, I know, I know you want best ball. We'll give you a best ball. That's fine. Uh, but the next two or three episodes will continue to be USFL. Then we'll get back into the NFL, we'll do some best ball a little bit, but then we'll still talk about more USFL, especially as the season comes to uh, a start and, and the supplemental draft happens and we start talking about more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, follow us here for you, your USFL fantasy football needs. It is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the SGP and Fantasy feed at SGP and Fantasy. And of course, read everything you need to know on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. Until next time, everybody. We'll see you next time. Let's play some football and uh, let it ride. <laughs>